Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I will be on Hannity, 9.20 p.m. Eastern Time tonight on Fox. I hope you'll watch. Meanwhile, there's an hour left in voting in the state of Georgia. We are watching our country crumble before us, not because of you or we the people, not because we have a defective constitution, or that the institutions they created were defective. It's because of the neo-Marxists, the statists, the progressives, whatever you want to call them, and the fact that they have been relentlessly attacking this system for over a century. And they attacked the election of Donald Trump, they attacked the re-election, they went into the states... They undermined our constitutional system. And now we have Republicans, the vast majority of Republicans of the Senate, who are going to give their personal imprimaturs their stamp of approval to the lawlessness. In so many respects, we live in a post-constitutional society. I want to encourage strongly anybody listening to me in Georgia That if we can't win two Republicans in the state of Georgia, then we are hanging by the tips of our fingernails. We must not surrender. We have children, we have grandchildren. We have ancestors who showed us the way. We have men and women in uniform all over the world putting their lives on the line leaving their families, leaving their their businesses and their jobs to defend what's left of this republic. 
and all we're asking the people of Georgia to do for your state and for the United States and for the sake of every successive generation is to vote in the 50 minutes that you have left the vote. If you're in your car and you can hear me, if you're at home about to have dinner, if you're in an office and you're thinking about leaving, get to your precinct and get there fast, please. You have to be the Paul Revere's. You have to be the Thomas Paine's. You're the last line of defense in this election cycle and future election cycles. And the Democrats who are running for these seats are not even your typical Democrats. They are so hardcore, so left-wing, that they are the AOC, the Omar, the Talib, and the others, but in the United States Senate. Turn off the news on TV. Turn them off. Turn off the so-called newsmen who are basically pundits who despise us and who lie to us day in and day out. Turn them off. Tune in. Somebody you can trust. Somebody who reinforces your values and your belief systems and the traditions in this country. Somebody who believes in the Constitution and the rule of law. You need not listen any longer to these frauds dressed up as journalists. I'm quite serious about this. It's amazing here how Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and a handful of other United States senators who are Republicans and the patriots in the House, Republicans who wish to stand up to this tyranny, are smeared. And I don't just mean by Democrats, and I don't just mean by the usual media frauds. I mean by the Wall Street Journal. I mean by National Review. I mean by the New York Post. I mean by a relative handful of media outlets with relatively small circulation, but nonetheless who speak not for you and me, who do not embrace our founding, who do not embrace our capitalist system, they embrace the establishment, the status quo republicanism. That's why so many of them have been never Trumpers. They talk a good game, but when the rubber hits the road, whether it's the Tea Party, whether it's the Trump revolution, or whether it's this election, not only can they not be counted on, But they can be counted on to join our adversaries, indeed to join our enemies. They roll over. And they insist that the rest of us roll over too. Well, I'll tell you what. When I look my kids in the eyes and I look my grandkids in the eyes, I don't much give a damn what the Wall Street Journal editorial page has to say. I don't much give a damn what Mitch McConnell has to say or Adam Kingsinger or any of the rest of them. That's the establishment. They've put us in this position. And the reason why we almost took the House, and the reason why we have right now 50 Republican senators, has nothing to do with the Republican Senatorial Committee or the 
the National Republican House Campaign Committee, it's because they rode Donald Trump's coattails. And they weren't running in the inner cities in the metropolitan areas where most of the graft and fraud took place. So they benefited from a massive outcome, a massive uh, turnout of Republicans. And they leave the president to hang out the dry. But even worse, they lie about what's in the Constitution. George Will is back. He voted for Biden. He's worse than ever. So we're counting on the people of Georgia. We're counting on you to vote. We'll talk about what's taking place tomorrow and the next day. But right now, we can't focus on Georgia's election machines or election procedures and so forth. Just get out and vote. Get out and vote. And then comes January 6th. Now the media, the Democrats, and the vast majority of the Republicans, many of whom have no idea what they're talking about, but it's of no consequence. They're telling you that what's to take place on January 6th is nothing more than ministerial. That it's nothing more than a sham. That the Congress is to sit there and count the electors sent to them by the states without question. Because as Tim McClintock, uh, Tom McClintock told my friend Larry O'Connor on WMAL, it says shall. They shall count. We have no alternative. A more imbecilic statement I've never heard. Well, that's not true. There's many imbecilic statements. Many. The issue is whether the electors have been lawfully certified. Lawfully certified. Do you think the framers of the Constitution and the framers of the 12th Amendment sat there and said, you know what? Congress has no choice but to count the electors. Even if there's fraud. Even if, even if some court orders it. Even if some legislature violated the Constitution. That's just too damn bad. They're supposed to sit there like a bunch of zombies not exercise any judgment whatsoever, because God forbid if they do, that'll create a precedent, and now Congress will select our president. That's not correct. What's with the fear-mongering? If you have a faithless elector, Congress not required to count that elector. If the state legislature, as I said the other day, any state legislature had passed a law and said no black person could be an elector, and they send that slate of electors to the United States Congress, would they be compelled to vote for that slate of electors? Well, Mark, we have civil rights laws. No, 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 no. You just told us they have no choice whatsoever. If California, if the state legislature decides that only Democrats can be electors, never Republicans. Because after all, they have a super-duper majority in the Assembly and in their state Senate. Is that what the framers intended? Of course not. You have to be brain-dead to draw such conclusions. They expect you to 
Read the Constitution in the context of how it was written at the time it was written. I don't need self-appointed scholars, quote-unquote, telling us what the Constitution says. Now, when we come back, I went through Madison's notes today. He was not the only one who took notes at the Constitutional Convention, but he took by far the most thorough and comprehensive notes. And his notes were released 50 years after the end of the Constitutional Convention, as he had directed in his will. And those notes are extremely thorough. It's the closest thing we have to a transcript of what took place. And when we come back, as I read his notes today, something that I doubt any United States Senator has done, something I doubt any member of the House has done, something I know no member of the media have done, I want to alert you to something. I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. On the issue of Selecting a president is one of the most hotly debated issues at the Constitutional Convention. Now, while the convention began in May and ended in mid-September, this issue came up repeatedly from June to September, 1787. And it's fascinating to read this. And what's remarkable, as I read it, always in the back of my mind, I know the Democrats could care less because they've dismissed them all as slaveholders. They embrace the 1619 Project, and they reject the founding. Progressivism rejects the founding. Now, the framers at the Constitutional Convention, they specifically rejected the direct election by the people of a president. They specifically rejected, listen to this, the selection of a president by the chief executives of every state, the governors. They rejected a judicial role 
in the selection of a president. So they rejected direct elections. They rejected, more relevant to us today, the executive in the state. And they rejected the judiciary having a role in the selection of the president. And they specifically decided, which became Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, that only and exclusively the legislature of each state would direct how the electors were selected. And they voted on that language on September 6, 1787, ratified by the state conventions. And yet, what happened in Pennsylvania and Georgia, Michigan and Wisconsin, among other states, but these are the four key battleground states, what happened? In Pennsylvania, the executive and the judiciary selected the electors by changing the election laws. In Michigan, the Secretary of State, part of the executive, changed the election laws. In Wisconsin, the Secretary of State, as well as local officials and even boards of elections, changed the election laws. And in Georgia, as you well know, the Secretary of State, part of the executive, he changed the election laws too, as applies to signatures in his capitulation to Stacey Abrams in that lawsuit. And there's more, but that's enough for summary. So four battleground states, four battleground states specifically violated the Constitution, specifically contravened all the hard work that was done at the Constitutional Convention to, again, specifically prevent state executives state or what would become federal courts from determining how electors would be selected. And yet, in those four states, the election laws were altered significantly. It doesn't matter if the outcome would have been different. The Democrats certainly thought it would be. That's why they pressed for it and litigated for it. It doesn't matter if one ballot was fraudulently uh, uh, voted. And we know that many, many were. Now, why is this relevant? Why is this relevant? Because I heard Tim Scott, I read Tim Scott today say, Senator from South Carolina, I read the Constitution, there's really nothing I can do about any of this. Now, I want to circle back to what he said, and I want you to know I've tried, maybe I have failed, to read every statement on social media and elsewhere by every one of these Republican senators And as best I can tell, if I'm off one or two, I apologize in advance. Not one of them has made the argument about the unconstitutional election processes and therefore lawless electors. I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. 
Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. You know, these political pundits who are splashed all over TV with their whiteboards and they're this and they're that and they're so forth and these pollsters and all, there really ought to be some kind of an accounting how accurate or inaccurate they are each time. Just for transparency purposes. Now, Tim Scott tweeted out, as I read the Constitution, there is no constitutionally viable means for Congress to overturn an election wherein the states have certified and sent their electors. Jim Imhoff says, to challenge a state certification, given how specific the Constitution is, will be a violation of my oath of office. That is not something I'm willing to do. Jerry Moran, Kansas. I'm a conservative Republican, therefore, I must strictly adhere to the United States Constitution. To vote to reject these state-certified electoral votes will be to act outside the bounds of the Constitution, which I will not do. Don't they all sound similar, Mr. Producer? So they've taken the position that under the federal Constitution, under the 12th Amendment, they are to, quote, open all the certificates and then vote, and count them. Okay? Open all the certificates, and the votes shall then be counted. And they said that's upholding the Constitution of the United States. So for Tim Scott and Jim Imhoff, And Jerry Moran, if a state passed an election law that said that no Hispanic can be an elector, they would have no option but to vote for that. But it's even worse than that in some sense, from a constitutional perspective, because we know flat out that in four states they violated the Constitution. And so, bizarrely, These three and others argue we have to uphold our constitutional duty by counting them. We have no other choice. That's bullcrap. And they know it. And they know it. It's irrational. Electors have to be lawfully certified. And they're certified by the very governor who violates... The federal constitution, they're certified by the very secretaries of state who violated the federal constitution. 
And these Republicans sit back and say, look, they were certified. What do you want me to do? The 12th Amendment limits me. We got to open them. And then we have to count the vote. Back to Madison's notes. Do you think a single one of the framers of the Constitution sitting in Philadelphia would have said that's the correct view? When they worked for months to specifically exclude what Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin did? Do you think they would say Congress can't act? It is assumed as a matter of basic reasoning and rationality, whether you're reading the Constitution or whether you're reading a mortgage, that the parties involved in the process are acting lawfully. That the framers have to spell that out in the Constitution only if state legislatures, or excuse me, only if the certificates certifying the electors are constitutional, then we will count them? That would be stupid. When you read Madison's, they, they weren't stupid men, they were brilliant men. They just assumed that the manner in which the electors would be selected would comply with the federal Constitution. You know, the key word, the key word that Aristotle talks about in Cicero, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, all the great thinkers, great men, going way back to the ancients. The key word that they used was virtue. Virtue. That no system of government can long survive, no participatory system of government, without virtue. You can't have liberty without virtue, you can't have republicanism without virtue, you can't have a constitution without virtue, because the institutions are fine, the documents are fine, but if people are going to find ways to destroy them while pretending to uphold them, that's a lack of virtue. And now when we look at this in context, this election that's going on in Georgia, how crucial it is. The Democrat Party has already announced it. It wants nothing to do with the Constitution. It wants nothing to do with separation of powers. And if anything can be said to be the core of the United States Constitution, it's separation of powers. It goes as far back as Locke, really Montesquieu spelled it out. Separation of powers. Why separation of powers? To protect you. The Democrats don't want separation of powers. The Democrats want power. The fact that packing the court crossed Schumer's lips and he wasn't condemned by his own party, by the media, by academia, and so forth, demonstrates to you that that is a party, that is a movement, that embraces totalitarianism and tyranny. Meanwhile, we have Republicans like Tim Scott, Jim Imhoff, and Jerry Moran, and they're not the only ones, dancing on the head of a pen. Well, it says shall. You're supposed to, if you're an originalist, which they're not, to read the words 
of the Constitution, not out of context, but as the framers intended, or the framers of the 12th Amendment intended. They never intended for Congress to rubber stamp electors that were chosen in an unconstitutional process that specifically cut out the only body that's named in the Constitution, the state legislatures. This is why none of the statements I read from a single Republican senator mentions this. This is why the Wall Street Journal editorial page doesn't mention this. This is why newsrooms across the country, including on my favorite cable network, doesn't mention it. Because to mention it destroys the narrative. And then the question is, even from people who claim to be dressing this from a constitutional legal perspective, what are you going to do, throw out millions of votes? There's a lot of options. But you just disenfranchised people in other states whose state governments complied with the federal constitution. What about them? That was the purpose of the Texas lawsuit. And virtually every legal analyst, former federal prosecutors and professors, said that was a dead lawsuit. Why? Well, because the court's not going to step in. So let me get this straight. A lawsuit is dead because the court's not going to step in, and you know that in advance. That may be true. But here again, the originalists. We're originalists. They're pseudo-originalists. When one state sues another, the Supreme Court has original jurisdiction. In other words, that state has standing in the United States Supreme Court. And the United States Supreme Court rejected the standing argument of the state of Texas. It's shocking, quite frankly. So you can see the lawlessness taking place. You can see how we're unmoored from the Constitution. You can see how the establishment Republicans and some pseudo-conservatives, among others, are brandishing the Constitution, waving it around. Hey, you know, I'm a conservative Republican, and I simply will not. I will not reject the electors and the decisions made in the states. Well, what if they're unconstitutional? Who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? It says I shall count. But that's not what they mean. We know that to be the case. You're not an originalist. You're a fraud and a phony. That's what's going on here. I don't know how to fix this. I do believe in convention of states. I think that's very, very important. I think we should get behind that now more than ever. I'll give you an example of part of the problems, and this is in the weeds now. The law firm and the lawyer that represented the Republicans in the state legislature of Pennsylvania is associated with the National Republican Senatorial Committee. That's Mitch McConnell's group. He uses that group as his own personal campaign piggy bank to try and elect rhinos who will support him. Not the Constitution, him. That's how he holds on to power. We've never had a Republican leader who's reached into states, 
to try and affect the primaries and the outcome of the of the elections, but that's what McConnell does. So his lawyer was representing the Republicans in the state legislature of Pennsylvania. I spoke with the president pro tem, or the president of the uh, of the Senate in October. A Republican, an older gentleman, been there a long time. I could tell he was a rhino, and I said, you guys need to immediately pass a resolution holding that the decisions of the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania are null and void, or you're going to get rolled. I spoke to his lawyer, a guy who comes off Capitol Hill, a guy who wasn't very impressive in the least, very arrogant little punk. And he said, well, you know, in this state, uh, you can pass a resolution, but it's not effective unless the governor signs it. That's state law. I said, I'm not talking about state law. I'm talking about the federal constitution. And the state legislature has the final say. They don't need the consent of the governor. Quite the contrary. And he moped away and went away. And nothing happened. The Republican Party of Pennsylvania brought the lawsuit, not the state legislature, even though they they objected to what was taking place. That same law firm and that same lawyer is now the number one lawyer in the state of Georgia for the National Republican Senatorial Committee representing them and Mitch McConnell. The same lawyer, as I understand it, as I was told. The Republican establishment, ladies and gentlemen, is a very, very diabolical group. They want your votes. They do not want your input. They want your votes. They do not want your input. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. I read George Will's piece in the Washington Post, Hawley, Cruz, and their Senate cohorts are the Constitution's most dangerous domestic enemies. 
And this man is utterly unhinged to the point of almost, um, well, insanity. His piece is is, filled with venom, platitudes, nothing serious about it. Of course, he comes to the great Mitch McConnell's defense because McConnell leaks to him all the time. When you read the Wall Street Journal piece the other day, same thing. They're not serious pieces at all. They want you to accept your fate, ladies and gentlemen, while writing and pretending they don't. And that's what's happening with the majority of the Republicans in the Senate as well. Just accept your fate. The Constitution was violated in these states. That's the way it is. We can't do a damn thing about it. Is that how Democrats conduct themselves? The party of tyranny? The party of tyranny? No, they don't conduct themselves that way. So we don't have an effective party to fight and defend us. Certainly not without the leadership of Donald Trump. No question about it. I am so sick of the coverage of these elections. Like the Georgia election. It's all about the surface, the superficial. We have evil, diabolical actors. We have forces in play in this country that seek to destroy what you and I revere. That's what's at stake in Georgia. That's what's at stake now in every election going forward. And we have a corrupt media and really stupid people in the media. And we have a Republican Party without a core. You have a leader, quote-unquote, of the Republicans, who leads because he influences the primaries all over the country. And then one by one, he makes sure that his, his lapdogs issue their almost identical tweets and statements. And then they have the unhinged among them, like Sass and Romney, who are out there trashing individuals who are trying to stand up for this republic. What the hell has Sass done for this country? Does anybody know? What the hell has Romney done for this country? Selected governor of Massachusetts, senator from Utah. You have to be quite the, quite the accomplished chameleon to be elected governor of Massachusetts and a senator from Utah. And that's exactly what he is. He's not defending the Constitution. None of these guys are. And if you dare to step out like a Hawley and a Cruz and these others, you're to be attacked like you're some kind of a kook. How dare you raise objections? How dare you want a commission to look into voter fraud? How dare you share the view of tens of millions of fellow Americans who you know are all crackpots and nuts? No, you don't understand, ladies and gentlemen. We've had more mail-in voting than any time, any time close. More absentee ballots, more paper flying around from one place to another without signature requirements, without postal date requirements, with extended voting periods, with early voting periods, flying all around. And we have far less fraud than we ever had. In fact, where's your evidence of fraud? And when you present it... Well, that's not enough to change the election. These are the people who are supposed to be concerned about the Constitution and the Republic. They're a joke. They are pathetic. They are Vichy Republicans. That's exactly what they are. They're certainly not constitutionalists. I'll be right back.
from the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. This is Radio Free America. Well, we lead the resistance. We're never Biden here. Never Biden. So I just heard a reporter say, you know, that one of the officials at one of the counting places in Fulton County, the big county, and it's a massive convention area, um, that he said that, you know, the signatures last time went pretty well. I mean, 99 point some odd percent of them were okay. What they don't report, you see, is the problem with the signature process as a result of what the Secretary of State agreed to. Um following on a lawsuit brought by a Stacey Abrams front group. They make it almost impossible to throw one of them out. On March 6, 2020, in Democratic Party of Georgia versus Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, entered a compromise settlement agreement and release with the Democrat Party of Georgia to materially change the statutory requirements for, making, uh, for reviewing signatures. On absentee ballot, they changed the statutory requirements for reviewing signatures. Now, of course, that's unconstitutional, but the Republicans in the Senate, most of them don't give a damn. They just want to get out of this as fast as they can. And so uh, what happened was you can have a defective signature under existing state law in 22 express ways. So they needed to get around that. So among other things, before ballot could be rejected, the settlement required a registrar who found a defective signature to now seek a review by two other registrars. And only if a majority of the registrars agreed that the signature was defective could the ballot be rejected, but not before all three registrars' names. Just listen to this. Not before all three registrars' names uh, were written on the ballot envelope along with the reason for the rejection. Now, when you're counting millions of votes, that's tough to do. So these cumbersome procedures are in direct conflict with Georgia's statutory requirements, as is the settlement's requirement that notice be provided by telephone, not in writing, if a telephone number is available. So on top of everything else, you've got to give notice. You've got to call the person and tell them what you're doing. And finally, the sentiment purports to require state election officials to consider issuing guidance and training materials drafted by an expert retained by the Democrat Party. So when they say, well, you know, they did a signature check, the reason the president's upset with that is because he said, wait a minute. A signature check. First of all, you threw away a lot of these exterior envelopes with signatures on them. But beyond that, the reason why they haven't found quote-unquote signature issues 
is because of this cockamamie process the Democrats successfully put in place thanks to the Rhino Secretary of State. And so you have hundreds of thousands of more mail-in and absentee ballots coming in with hundreds of thousands of more signatures to be reviewed. And the number of those that were soured because they weren't signed or the signature wasn't correct drops to almost zero. And the Secretary of State is offended that the president would dare mention anything. So the president said to the governor, you really need to have an emergency session of your legislature to go over this and reverse course. Oh, Trump's trying to change the course of the election. Oh, Trump's trying to throw out the, uh, the election results. This is the idiocy we get from Republicans. From Republicans. It's an excellent piece written in the uh, American Spectator, which is a great site. If you don't go to it, you should, by an excellent writer, David Catrone. He says, predictably, after Senator Ted Cruz and 10 other Republican senators announced their intention to reject electors not lawfully certified, quote-unquote, but nonetheless included in the Electoral College results, many Democrats accused them of sedition. In reality, these senators and their House counterparts are duty-bound to object. The cowardice of Republican legislatures in disputed states, dereliction of duty by the courts, and the dishonesty of the so-called news media have forced them to take action. Congress has the final word on who won the presidential election when they convene tomorrow to certify the Electoral College results. That certification vote is the last opportunity for our elected representatives to resolve allegations of illegal election activity in November. Senator Cruz and 10 other senators who will join him in objecting to disputed electors pointed out in a statement, quote, Reuters' Ipsos polling tragically shows 39% of Americans believe the election was rigged. That belief is held by 67% of Republicans, 17% of Democrats, and 31% of Independents. So it should be blindingly obvious that it simply isn't possible to ignore such a gigantic amount of voter distress in the outcome of any presidential election without doing serious damage to our electoral system. Moreover, this should be a bipartisan cause for acute anxiety. As the Cruz statement poignantly puts, it should concern us all, and it poses an ongoing threat to the legitimacy of any subsequent administration. And that includes the Biden administration, of course, which will suffer a crippling legitimacy crisis if Congress fails to address the innumerable questions involving violation of election law and outright fraud in at least five states, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. In all five, state officials illegally usurped legislative prerogatives to make changes to election law. Among these were arbitrary extensions to ballot deadlines, elimination of signature verification requirements for mail-in ballots, use of unsupervised drop boxes for absentee ballots, providing private activist organizations access to voter rolls ad infinitum. And so Cruz and company are proposing a special commission to find out what took place. Ten-day audit. But that's apparently a bridge too far for most Senate Republicans. 
Ironically, the state legislature for all five of these states were weeks ago provided with ample evidence to justify convening the special sessions recommended by these senators. Now, I can speak for Pennsylvania. The problem there is the governor has to call the session. He had no intention of doing it. The U.S. Constitution provides these state legislatures with the power to unilaterally call special sessions under such circumstances, he writes. Constitutional verbiage of Article 2, Section 1 is by no means ambiguous on this point. You'll note that no other state official is mentioned in this constitutional provision, as I've explained over and over, and he's right. Yet the Republican leadership of these five lawmaking bodies acted with uniform cowardice. This brings us to the failure of the courts. The media have reported that Trump has lost 60 post-election lawsuits. Political advises its readers, for example, quote, judges tossed out nearly all of the roughly 60 suits filed by the Trump campaign due to a profound lack of evidence, unquote. First, most of the 60 were filed by organizations unrelated to the Trump campaign, as we've pointed out. Second, virtually all of Trump's lawsuits have been dismissed for lack of standing or other legal pretexts. Virtually none of the Trump losses have been judged on the merits of the evidence. He writes, Mark Levin describes a particularly outrageous example in Pennsylvania. You have some courageous individuals in Pennsylvania, this is me, so they sue. It goes to the Commonwealth judge and she rules, yes, I'm going to put in place a temporary injunction. Stop certifying electors. We're going to have a hearing in my court on Friday. So rather than prepare for the hearing on Friday... The Democrat Attorney General runs to the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, 5-2 to two Democrat majority. And what does that court do? Within 48 hours. The weekend. The weekend before this, when they rule, you know what? Latches. What does latches mean? Basically, in plain English, it means you're too late. This is a classic catch-22, as Levin, who is a constitutional lawyer, goes on to explain the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania essentially ruled you should have come before the election. The problem is the word standing. In other words, if the plaintiffs had filed the case before the election, it would have been dismissed based on a lack of standing. This legal sleight of hand is how virtually all the courts have dealt with post-election lawsuits filed by Trump or his supporters, including SCOTUS, which denied a hearing to the plaintiffs in this Pennsylvania case in a one-sentence ruling. The Supreme Court rejected Texas versus Pennsylvania a few days later, based on standing. The courts are clearly not interested in election integrity. I would go beyond that. They're simply not interested in the Constitution. They're more afraid of the New York Times and CNN than of failing to uphold their sworn oath. It goes without saying that The corporate media have depicted Trump's lawsuits as nothing more than the desperate acts of a sore loser. Moreover, with the aid of Facebook and Twitter, they have consistently censored any and all evidence of illegal election activity by the Democrats. Like the state legislatures and the courts, they're less interested in the health of the republic than in their own comfortable roles in the ruling class and so forth. I I have a question to ask. And not to be provocative or rude or anything else. I, I'm quite serious about this, Mr. Producer, and, and America. I'm not going to mention which cable channel, but I have it on silence, okay? 
And they just keep talking and talking and talking and talking. I don't know what they're saying. What can they possibly be saying? We have to wait 24 hours now to get results. What can they possibly be saying? Seriously. They're not giving us news. There's no news. The news is five seconds long. The polls have closed. We'll tell you what happens tomorrow. Right, Mr. Producer? So they're giving us analysis, they call it. Now, part of the analysis is, if the Democrats win in Georgia, it's Trump's fault. It's Ted Cruz's fault. It's Josh Hawley's fault. And if the Republicans win, it's thanks to Mitch McConnell and the great Republican Party. This is the kind of low-level incoherence you'll see in the Wall Street Journal and these other outlets. I remember with the Tea Party in 2010, as a result of the Tea Party, over 60 House seats were won by the Republicans, making Boehner the Speaker of the House. And we won several Senate seats. But Karl Rove and the Wall Street Journal McConnell complained because if they had gotten behind some of the other Senate candidates that we preferred in the primaries, rather than these kooks in Nevada and this kook in Delaware, my God, we could have taken the Senate. So in other words, they were in a minority. Bush had an absolute election blowout in the 2006 election of the Republicans. He lost people like Santorum and so forth. The Tea Party comes into action, no thanks to any organized Republican entity. They sweep the House by unbelievable numbers. They almost sweep the Senate, and they're attacked by the Republican establishment and their mouthpieces because we could have won more, you know. They do the same with Trump. He gets no credit. No credit for the massive gains in the House of Representatives for holding so many seats in the United States Senate when two-thirds of the seats that were up were Republican and they were assuming they were going to lose six, seven seats when they didn't. We won two legislatures. And massive numbers of local elections. Thanks to Trump and you. Trump and you. Not Mitch McConnell. Not John Thune. Not Blunt. Not all these other jokes. No thanks to George Will. No thanks to the Never Trumpers. I'll be right back. Did you know your family can save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk from Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile? Think about it. What could your family do with an extra $800? You don't even have to sacrifice coverage. Pure Talk has exactly the same coverage, same bars as one of the big carriers, but they charge you half. You definitely don't have to sacrifice customer service. Their team is based right here in the U.S. and are some of the nicest people you'll ever talk to. So don't wait anymore. Get unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. No, not even a penny. So go to puretalkusa.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N PODCAST. 
And when you do, you'll also save 50% off your first month. Folks, this is the best. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. The false reporting knows no bounds that Congress is supposed to consider the electors sent and certified by the states as conclusive. Now, we know that's not true. You've had faithless electors. You've had other things go on where Congress has acted. But this is unprecedented, what's taken place here. Unprecedented. Unprecedented where you had an organized effort by the Democrat Party to violate a part of the Constitution. It's unprecedented. And so, um, look folks, the Democrats are trying to destroy both the Constitution and the Republic. They want this all-powerful, centralized Leviathan. Where like all the other all-powerful, centralized Leviathans, you go and vote and you pretend you have some say in your country and you have no say because you have a massive administrative state. And that massive administrative state continues to do what it does no matter how you vote. And if you vote for it, it gets bigger and bigger in front of your face. If you vote against it, it works against you and undermines you and still gets bigger and bigger behind your back. So what's happened here is utterly unprecedented, where certain state legislatures were targeted. And so according to this particular reporter, who reports from Capitol Hill... Uh, the electors are suppo- and the votes are supposed to be considered conclusive. Really? Well, give me another example where Congress concluded that these electors are conclusive when states violated the Constitution. Give me another example. There's no historical example. None. So what happens is Republicans run for cover. I'm the conservative, I'm the constitutionalist. We're not supposed to. These are conclusive. These are the states. Federalism. We believe in this. Wait a minute. That's not what the Constitution says. It doesn't say the states. It says the legislatures. It's the legislatures in the states. And you had Democrat governors and secretaries of states, Democrat courts in the case of Pennsylvania, a rhino in the case of Georgia who buckled. It's conclusive. There's nothing I can do about it. If we lose in Georgia tonight, it's due to Mitch McConnell. It's due to the Republican Party. And it's due to the Republican establishment and their cheerleaders at the Wall Street Journal editorial page and elsewhere. And they will be called out on this program. When we have electoral victories, it's not because of the Republican establishment. It's in spite of it. The two greatest landslides in modern American history were by an individual who the establishment tried to destroy. They tried to defeat him. They said he was too extreme. You may have heard of his name, Ronald Reagan. In his re-election, he won 49 states electoral college, and he almost won Minnesota. He lost it by 3,000 votes. Meanwhile, where are the great rhinos in American history and their great electoral successes? I'll be right back. Yeah! 
Mark Levin, the voice of America. Dial in now at 877-381-3811. I'm just laughing here. You know, the, the states, all 50, certified their electors and sent them in. That's, that's the way it goes. I mean, it's legitimate problem. So let's take Pennsylvania. The same corrupt left-wing politicians who violated Article 2 in the first place then certify that their electors should go to the archivist of the United States. You, you get my point, Mr. Producer? So the state certified it, don't you see? Same thing happened in Michigan. Same thing happened in uh, Wisconsin. Slightly different in, in, uh, in Georgia because the, the preposterous governor there and the preposterous secretary of state certified. So this argument and the media are just bending over backwards to avoid the Constitution, as are these commentators. The number of lawsuits brought, what does that have to do with anything? It depends on which lawsuits we're talking about. And the outcome of some of them were absolutely outrageous, the ones I've talked about. And here, the certification. So what if Pennsylvania certified? It's the governor who certified, a left-wing Democrat who pushed the Supreme Court to do what it did in the first place in that state. But it was certified. So what? Just, it's shocking to me. Now, what are we going to do, Mr. Producer? Sit up for the next five hours, watch the votes up to 80%, see the Republicans are in the lead, then go to bed and wake up and something nefarious happens? Oh, yes, 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 and you can't prove it. No, 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 it was fair and square, fair and square. This signature violation, you know, we, we've barely found any. Well, of course. Because you set up a Rube Goldberg-type system where you can never catch them. No, 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 you don't understand. You're a kook. You just don't want the people's voice to be heard. This is what we get. Who knows? Maybe they'll win anyway. That would be terrific. And I can tell you now, all the polls are closed in Georgia. Is that right, Mr. Bidusa? All of them? We invited David Perdue on this radio show, has to be four or five times. And on most occasions, they didn't even answer, did they, Mr. Producer? They didn't even answer us. We have a big reach into the state of Georgia. Now, Kelly Leffler did come on the program. We had invited her two subsequent times. She said she couldn't. The last time she said as a result of a scheduling problem. We, we believe that. But Purdue was everywhere because he was sitting in his basement doing an imitation of Joe Biden. And I want him to win. I've told you folks before, I vote for an orange juice can over these two crackpot, nutjob, left-wing Democrats. I will be on Hannity tonight at 9.20 p.m. Eastern Time. 9.20 p.m. Eastern Time. I hope you'll join us. Um, And... uh, an opportunity to to go over some of this as it's occurring. Now, Steve Scalise is a wonderful fellow. He's the number two Republican in the House. He doesn't get angry easily. But I want you to know what Nancy Pelosi is doing in the House of Representatives. This is what I mean about the Republicans and how preposterous they are. 
in the House, she's changed rules that have been in existence for 100 years. What is she doing? In plain English, she's making it virtually impossible for Republicans to even propose amendments to bills that she and the Stooges in the, uh, in the Democrat Party are trying to push through. So if the Democrats win the Senate, given the rules that Pelosi's putting in the House, she has 11, a 10 or 11 vote majority. In the Senate, if they win both of those seats, they have no majority. They have to rely on Kamala Harris, should she be vice president, to be the tiebreaker. By that thin reed, they will ram through whatever the left wants in this country. And they will take apart the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court will have brought this on its own. Will have brought it on its own. Because Hollywood, John Roberts, chose not to enforce and uphold Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 of the United States Constitution. Apparently nobody wants to uphold it, including Congress. Congress has no desire, no desire whatsoever to uphold that part of the Constitution while it runs and hides and claims that the 12th Amendment makes it impossible for them to act. Have you ever heard anything so stupid in your life? So Nancy Pelosi in the House, look, she's fascistic. I've said it for many, many years. Fascistic Nancy. She's running around calling everybody or inferring that people are part of the Third Reich if you don't agree with her. She's Eva Pelosi. That's what she is. She is an unhinged, insane, nasty old lady. That's what she is. And so what they want to do is take away the voice, as Scalise puts it, of 48% of the House chamber. It's actually 49% of the House chamber. And all of you folks who have Republicans representing you in these various districts, they will have virtually no ability to affect any legislation that comes out of the House of Representatives. And she is the thinnest of majority. I think it's the thinnest majority in modern times, for sure. And then on the Senate side, they won't have a majority at all. It'll, they'll rely on Kamala if Joe Biden slithers into the Oval Office and she with him. Maybe she'll be doing more uh, plagiarizing. She stole language from Martin Luther King yesterday. Chip off the old Biden block. They're plagiarists. They don't really have stories to tell. It's a magnificent country, so Kamala Harris desperately wants you to believe that, that uh, that she had to deal with the most horrific kinds of discrimination and inequality and in such a horrific American culture and society, and yet she wants to be vice president of that culture and society. It's, it's the most disgusting thing there is. And we have to hear from George Will and the Wall Street Journal and the New York Post and all the other cranks out there trashing us. Just appalling. By the way, I'm unable to take any phone calls tonight. Because our phone screen's not working. We have the crappiest equipment. The best engineers, but the crappiest equipment in all of broadcasting. Doesn't matter if I object. 
I don't even know who to object to. There's such a disconnect around here. It's unbelievable. Mark, why are you airing your dirty laundry? It's not dirty laundry. You're going to wonder why I'm not taking any calls tonight on a key night. Because I can't. Unless you want to call my cell phone and I can't give that number out. Now there he is, Mr. Producer. Another hairstyle. No offense. You know, it pays to be bald. You don't have to worry about hairstyles. You know that? And you save a lot on uh, shampoo while you're at it. Got nothing to hide. I'll be right back. Did you know your family can save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk from Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile? Think about it. What could your family do with an extra $800? You don't even have to sacrifice coverage. Pure Talk has exactly the same coverage, same bars as one of the big carriers, but they charge you half. You definitely don't have to sacrifice customer service. Their team is based right here in the U.S. and are some of the nicest people you'll ever talk to. So don't wait anymore. Get unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. No, not even a penny. So go to puretalkusa.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll also save 50% off your first month. Folks, this is the best. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. I have to be honest with you, I'm not staying up all night to watch the election results because we won't know the election results by midnight or one in the morning. Will we, Mr. Producer? I seriously doubt it. And so I, I, I know these, these uh, newscasts, they want us staring at the TV set right to the end. No, we'll know tomorrow morning. Or not. Or not. If we lose these seats, it's further evidence of what this Secretary of State and Governor have done to that state and their cheerleaders in the media at the Wall Street Journal, George Will, SAS, not in the media, but otherwise. They'll try to blame Trump as they tried to attack the Tea Party. Trump will have had nothing to do with it. There's a reason the Democrats have litigated and pushed to change these systems in these states. It's to advantage themselves. And you have to be Helen Keller not to understand this. Or a coward. And the Republican Party's fill filled with cowards. They're looking for a fig leaf. They think they found one in the 12th Amendment. They certainly did not. And shame on them. And you ought to take notes. Who's what? They say one thing and they do another. Well, they're going to be able to reverse the result. No, because look, we don't have enough Republicans who are willing to fight. So they, it won't be reversed. But you still fight. You still explain to the American people what took place. They have a right to know. And you still defend the Constitution. Throughout history, there have been citizens and citizenries that have stood up to worse with their lives, their lives on the line. 
Our lives are not on the line, but our well-being certainly is. Here's another montage, this time of Senate Democrats in January 2005, objecting to certifying the Electoral College votes involving George W. Bush, and that would be Karl Rove's mentor. Hat tip, MRC TV, cut one, go. Uh, I was not in this body four years ago, uh, but what I observed uh, as a voter, as a citizen of Illinois uh, four years ago were troubling evidence of the fact that not every vote was being counted. Senator from New York. Mr. President, um, this is obviously a difficult debate for many reasons, uh, but I commend the senator from California uh, for joining with members of the House, most particularly Congresswoman Stephanie Tubbs-Jones, uh, in raising the objection because it does permit us to air some of these issues. Why did a computing error in Franklin County initially award 4,258 extra votes to George Bush when only 638 people had actually voted? Oh, Thankfully, they fixed it. But how many other votes did the computers get wrong? Ohio is the objection. I'm from Ohio. I'm raising the objection. But I anticipate you will also hear from some of my colleagues from other states who had similar situations. Now, it's easy to say, well, it happened in Ohio. It happened in Michigan. It happened in Arizona. And so let's not worry about it because it happened everywhere. I would be standing here saying this no matter what the outcome of the election. Because I still think the best rule in politics is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I don't even remember these uh, pseudo-Republican and pseudo-conservative media sites even raising this, let alone trashing these Democrats. Senator Jeff Merkley is a buffoon who represents the state of Oregon in the United States Senate. 98% of the people outside of Oregon have never heard of this buffoon, and for good reason. He's a buffoon. But he's on with Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd is an embarrassment not just to the media, but to all Americans. He's a clown. He's a bozo. And so here we go. Cut to go. Have you you made an attempt to talk with some of these Republicans and and try to talk them out of it? So you you see, this is Chuck Todd. He's an advocate for the Democrats and the left, just like his wife. He's a fraud. Absolute fraud. And NBC continues to give him a perch. That's Comcast. Comcast owns these big corporatists, own these other little corporations. They gobble them up. And so Chuck Todd feels free to do whatever the hell he wants to do. By the way, did we ever hear from him or his producer on my challenge, Mr. Producer? No, we heard nothing from from the Chuckster. Change a few consonants around there, then Chuck's first name can be very, very different, don't you think, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. Conversations, um, they've they've been holding their conversations very close to their their best. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I, I think they feel... Now, so, so here we have a left-wing kook Democrat interviewed by a left-wing kook Democrat telling us what the Republicans feel. Got it? That's really great reporting there, Chuck. Schmuck Todd, everybody, go. And it's reflected in a whole series of um, discussions absolutely constrained by the Trump base. 
that they have a base that is so significant in their future elections that they cannot offend it. And that base is constantly seeing what Trump describes as the Trump media, uh, the social media, the cable news networks, uh, the emails, uh, uh, the talk radio stations. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least we're not BLM and Antifa and neo-Marxists and flat-out Marxists and all the rest. At least we love our country, unlike your base, you jerk. And we'll have more Chuck Todd after the top of the hour because he attacks my friend Dan Bongino. I guess he's a little afraid to attack me, huh, Mr. Producer? We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. wrote a friend of mine in the media and I said you keep saying that these electors are certified but you never mention the fact that in these four states these electors were unconstitutionally certified because of the violation of article 2 and he keeps repeating saying well what's the way forward Mark what's the way forward how will Trump win how will Trump? I said I'm not discussing that doesn't the Constitution matter shouldn't this be exposed mark my words this election the next election and the election after that they will be disasters because the system has been breached the Constitution has been breached that's the problem And almost no attention is being paid to this. You know, it reminds me, to be honest, and there's other occasions too, back in March of, what was it, Rich, 27, uh, yeah, yeah, 2016? No, it would be 2017, after the president was inaugurated, right? March 5th, 2017, I got behind this microphone and I talked about spying. I talked about the FISA court. I talked about what information I could pull together based on the public record. Leaks by the FBI and others to the news media. I was the very first person to do this. I don't care about ensembles. I don't care about my show right here behind this microphone. I was the very first to do it. Then I was asked by my buddy Pete Hegseth to come on Fox and Friends Sunday. I guess that was like the 8th or something. And I did it again. Then I was asked by my buddy Hannity to come on his show the following night on Monday. And I did it again. 
And I'm telling you now that what took place in these states where the Democrats strategically targeted these states for the purpose of getting around these Republican state legislatures, that this is a new day in this country where elections are now bastardized and heavily tipped toward Democrats, even when you have Republican legislatures. Exactly the opposite of what the framers of the Constitution intended. The opposite. You would think at a minimum, Tim Scott and uh, Moran, what's the other guy's name? Whatever they are. You would think at a minimum when they put out their self-serving, self-righteous statements, Inhofe, that they would make the point If they're going to argue that, oh, I can't do anything, but yes, the Constitution was violated in Pennsylvania. Oh, yes, the Constitution was violated in Wisconsin and Michigan. Oh, yes, the Constitution was violated in Georgia, but there's not a damn thing I can do about it. At least that would be an argument in defense of the Constitution, even though if they choose not to act in defense of the Constitution. But they don't even do that because they're cowards. They're cowards. And the media don't confront them on that because the media are pushing a narrative. Where does the president go from here? What, what about the statue? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about my constitution and your constitution. Why is this receiving no coverage? None. None. Because we live in a post-constitutional America, that's why. Well, the United States Supreme Court, they give standing to the state of Massachusetts in an environmental case where it didn't have standing, but denies the state of Texas standing when the Constitution explicitly says it has standing when it sues another state. Isn't that interesting? And it uses judicial review to get involved in all kinds of stuff. Like every cultural issue imaginable, every social issue imaginable. The court has decided when and where and how you can pray. The court has decided about manger scenes in the, in the menorah during the holidays. The court has decided uh, who, and who can't sleep with whom and how it's to be uh, defined. The court gets involved in everything. And here it is, the Constitution. No, uh, they don't even tell us why. They just choose not to. They just choose not to. And so we live in a post-constitutional period. And when you have a Chief Justice of the United States like John Roberts, he's exactly the wrong guy to work his way through a situation like this. He's, he's the wrong guy because he's Hollywood John, I call him. He wants these write-ups in the New York Times, his buddy Thomas Friedman. Oh, yeah. He's gone Hollywood. And that is the problem with a lot of these justices who are appointed by Republicans. Gorsuch going to the Kennedy Center all the time. You go, uh-oh. McCavin already did that stuff. 
And so we have that sort of thing going on. In any event, the Constitution should be discussed, and it's not. When I go on Hannity tonight, I'll do it again. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. All right, let's take a few calls here. Our phone system's up. I want to thank the engineers. We have the best engineers. John Oak Grove, Illinois, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hey, Mark. It's a pleasure to speak with you. How are you? Good. Um, I had a question about the some of these states sending two slates of electors. Once it gets to Pence, after it's triggered... Well, which state has sent two states of electors? two slates of electors. I thought there was at least three or four, like uh, Arizona, I thought, had in Pennsylvania. Well, I don't think they actually followed through. Oh, so they never sent two slates of electors? Well, then I'm saying else. I don't think they actually followed through. You can Google that and find out, I suppose. All right. Well, assuming they didn't, then, once once the debate has started, if Penn says, well, there's clearly some sort of fraud here, I'm taking it back to the state legislatures, you can... You know, there's a lot of attention on Pence, and Pence do this, and Pence do that. His job is administrative. That's all he can do. I know there's kooks out there and self-appointed constitutional experts out there. The idea that the vice president of the United States can reign over this like he's got all this kind of power. Can you point to another example in American history when that's occurred? No, I wouldn't be able to. I was just hoping he'd be able to say... Because he can't. So it's just a matter of getting the... No, it's a matter of Republican members saying that this slate of electors in this particular state, because they handled it unconstitutionally, everybody's chasing voting machines, and I got it, but it's a lot simpler than that. You've got a governor of Pennsylvania, and I'm giving an example of one of the states, and a secretary of state who have certified the electors. They're also the individuals who violated the Constitution along with their state court. What do you want Pence to do? This is where McConnell and the Republicans in the Senate should be saying, wait a minute, those electors are sent to us unconstitutionally. They ought to do something about it. They don't even talk about it. They don't even mention it. Instead, we get tweets. 
Look, I'm a conservative Republican, and I've read the Constitution, the 12th Amendment. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing you can do? Nothing? No, because it says, I shall count. Well, it assumes that the manner in which the electors were chosen were constitutional, lawfully certified. You get my point? They're hiding. So then, I understand that. How do they kick it back to them to those respective states? How do they prevent it from getting... They don't kick it back to a respective state. They don't count the electors. So then no one gets to the two seconds. Thanks for your call. I don't know what people want me to do here. I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know what you want me to say. I'm telling you how it works. We're in the middle of a constitutional crisis, and people are pretending we're not. They're pretending we're not. Well, it's no crisis here. Just count the electors and move along. Be done with it. Really? And all the changes that occurred in these states, unconstitutionally, they're now ingrained. It's now precedence. That's what it is. Let us go to Carol in Nina, Wisconsin, uh, on the WTAQ. How are you, Carol? Uh, fine, thank you. And I just I want to thank you for taking the call and for your efforts uh, to get the word out. I so appreciate it. Part of my concern is our and by, own And by faith. the way, can I just say this? I get from people, well, what are you going to do about it, Mark? How am I going to do anything? Am I a constitutional officer? I, I get the weirdest, what are you going to do, just talk about it? Well, what the hell do you want me to do? <laughs> I understand. I'm about to turn 65. I've got four children in their 30s. And I think I just want to vent because it is so frustrating. You bring them up to know right from wrong, so forth and so on. And now as adults, they are faced with having to swallow the fact that right is wrong and wrong is right. Democrats are not accountable to anyone for anything and it's just so frustrating as a parent and for someone who loves our country as we do that this is continuing to go on. That's because there's sabotage taking place in this country, whether it's our educational system, whether it's our media, our politicians, our culture, the entertainment business. Um, we, we do not have or very few uh, areas left where we actually advocate Americanism, where we actually... Embrace our history, the good, the bad, and the ugly, where we actually embrace our economic system, where we celebrate ourselves as Americans. There's very few places where this occurs anymore. Country. And you, I, I can just see it going downhill so rapidly. It's, it's frightening. As far as the Supreme Court, if I may just ask, for example, John Roberts needs to put on his big boy pants and do what? He doesn't have big boy pants. Well, he took the oath to do, uh, you know, to uphold the Constitution. He's gone. When, when they don't do that, what is our recourse? There is no recourse. There was an attempt to uh, impeach a president when, Je- uh, excuse me, a justice when Jefferson was president. He wanted to impeach, impeach the justice because he felt the justice, and he was right in my view, was, uh, was distorting the Constitution, and his own party crushed him. And from that point on, justices are not impeached as a result of the kinds of opinions they 
they issue. Now, you can imagine what the Democrats would do with it. they go nuts impeaching left and right. But the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans, it's multifold, but it at least includes this. The Democrat Party is on a mission, and it's, the mission is to destroy the constitutional limits on its power. It's part of this progressive movement which was born out of, of Marxism, quite frankly, of European Marxism. And the early, in the early intellectuals in the progressive movement, the late 1800s, early 1900s, like John Dewey, John Dewey was, was flattering Stalin, flattering their educational system. He thought it was wonderful that they had a uniform uh, educational system, in other words, uh, indoctrination. And then later, when Stalin showed his true self and was slaughtering people left and right, he said, well, I don't support that part of it, of course. But John Dewey is cited all the time as destroying our educational system. He's even, he's even cited by reporters and, and journalism professors, and, his, and he's just one. One of hundreds. But when you look at our campuses today, our campuses today, you don't have academic freedom. You don't have free speech. They're not teaching about the wonders of capitalism, about the wonders of the Declaration and the Constitution. You'd be laughed off the college campus. They're not bringing individuals in there who are conservatives or libertarians or, or right of center to speak at commencement speeches. The faculty is incestuous. They hire their friends. They hire people of the similar ideology. And you and I would just keep paying for this crap. Our, our uh, states keep subsidizing it. The federal government keeps subsidizing loans for people to go there. Bernie Sanders wants everybody to go there for free so they can all be indoctrinated. The more, the merrier. It's happening in our, in our uh, elementary and secondary schools with the National Education Association and AFT. I dare you to go on their website and see what they stand for. Our corporations in this country, they've lost all sense of patriotism. All sense of patriotism. If they can make a buck in China... Or they can make a buck in Cuba, they're happy to do it. Or Iran, they have no problem with it. And so the Democrat Party's hooked up with that part of Wall Street. And look at these major corporations that own CNN. That's AT&T, NBC, that's Comcast. They have no policing whatsoever going on in their newsrooms. Uh, Chuck Todd, 40 years ago, he couldn't be in a newsroom. He couldn't be an intern to one of these networks. He's so pathetic. But there he is. So you see the collapse of the culture, the collapse of the society, and of course it leaks into the politics. So when I, I guess, as, as one voice or one of a few voices, I dare to bring up the Constitution and we ought to be doing X, Y, and Z, nobody cares in the media, nobody cares in politics. That's awfully, uh, that's awfully nice of you, Mark, to bring it up. It's very quaint. But we're beyond the Constitution, you know. And then what bothers me the most is when Republicans claim to be defending the Constitution when they're doing nothing to support the Constitution, and that's where we are today. Or when I have media figures saying to me, well, look at the statute there. Tell me, tell me, Mark, what's the outcome going to be? What's the outcome? Hey, slow down, pal. Why don't you look at the Constitution? You know, we're going to have more elections than this one. Aren't you concerned about what took place in these states? Why don't you really dig in and report about it? No, they're not going to do that. All right, I went on a little bit long there, Carol. Any any final words? Is is going to um, stand up for for our beliefs. So I thank you so much and keep up the good work. You you're just awesome to and inspiring to listen to. Well, thank you're very you kind. Thank you so much, Mark Levin. Well, God bless you. 
No, I don't. I, I, I'm. Uh, I sure hope we pull out these two races in Georgia, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know, Mr. Producer? I mean, I, I always appreciate when we're ahead and not behind, but it's unbelievable. And of course, these same bastards who've undermined this president from day one, just as they undermined the Tea Party, just as they undermined the early days of Ronald Reagan, by the way, and and Barry Goldwater, these same conservatives uh, they'll want to obviously deflect. And that's what they'll try to do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I shall return. Don't forget... At 9.20 p.m. Eastern, 50 minutes from now, I will be on Hannity. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. I think it's hopeless. I think it's absolutely hopeless. We now have a media that just regurgitates and repeats itself. Very surface level. So let me try it so even... The media can understand. The state legislatures make election laws under the Constitution. Well, there were 60 lawsuits. There weren't 60 lawsuits raising that issue. There was one. And Sam Alito had votes segregated. They couldn't cobble up enough votes on the Supreme Court to address it. That doesn't mean it's still not a constitutional problem and issue. I've never seen anything or heard anything so so ridiculous. And so, let's see here. Just reading what he's saying. Uh, I, I can't help it. They're spinning stories now. So, not executive officials. They were supplanted. That is, the, the legislature was supplanted. So, it becomes very difficult when the media either purposely or is incapable of understanding what's taking place. They've got their four or five bullet points and they just keep regurgitating them. Let's take a few more calls here. 
David, Vernon, Connecticut, WABC. Go right ahead, sir. Hi, Mark. How are you tonight? Thanks for okay. taking my call. I appreciate that. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, my concern is, uh, I heard you, um, can you hear me now? I heard you the whole time. Hello? Okay, excellent. Yeah, so my thing is, I hear you about, you know, people asking you, what can you do, what can you do? My thing is, is what can we do? And I think what we need to do as a country is be very mindful of what our children are taught in school. I have a sixth grader and an eighth grader in school right now, and I'm constantly fighting the education system. And I go so far as to call the superintendent of schools, uh, the mayor. I, I go right through the whole thing, the principal of the school, because they may not know what your social studies teacher in particular is teaching your children. And the pernicious stuff that they just throw into their uh, lesson plans is just doing nothing but growing, you know, their membership of, you know, future leftists, because that's where all the Antifa people are coming from. I mean, there are children. They're being indoctrinated, ruined, destroyed by the education system. I mean, my daughter is just learning about the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, and I had to actually teach her the correct way because that social studies teacher was teaching things such as the biggest lie in America. Ever but I don't know why this should be something that we have just figured out. I mean, we did this with our kids, and uh, one of them is going to be 33, and one of them is going to be 30 uh, because of what was taking place in elementary school and in secondary school. And we always looked at their books. We always wanted to know what they were being taught, and we always taught them the truth. I think the problem becomes, my friend, particularly when they go into colleges and universities uh, where you're not sitting at the dinner table or the, or the breakfast table with them, uh, where they are surrounded and inundated and brainwashed day in and day out and intimidated. And I think this is where the biggest problem is. I'm not saying it isn't big all over, but this is where the biggest problem is, and that's why the Democrats are focused on free college and eliminating all student debt. So more and more of your children will be pushed through that that process and brainwashed. Look, this is is pretty much what they told us. This is what John Dewey wrote about extensively. I've read what he's written. This is what I wrote about in Rediscovering Americanism and the Tyranny of Progressivism. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. The vote's over. Uh, I'm told it doesn't look so good. Is that what you're hearing, Mr. Producer? People are texting me and saying, it doesn't look so good. It doesn't look so good. I don't know how they know, but apparently it doesn't look so good. What is it? I know, but we know it's that last 10% that always matters, wherever they're coming from. So I can't say that with any level of objectivity. I just don't know, or information, for that matter. All right, let's continue. I'm looking here. Uh, Ivan, Marimar, Florida, XM Satellite. Ivan, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Mark. I'm always doing great when I talk to you. You're my hero. Thank you. Hey, Mark, you have neither a Supreme Court, and you you know this, you've said it a hundred times, you have neither a Supreme Court nor a Congress that represents the American people. You know, after the riots, all the looting, the anarchy, the virus, and shutting down of the economy, the American people said no to Democrats and yes to Trump, but they cheated. And, you know, know, Mark, I don't know if you remember, but on Election Day there was a Democrat operative, a young lady, who came out and said, we could lose Florida or Ohio and still win. That was odd at the time, but what it tells you in hindsight is they knew exactly how they were going to cheat. 
They knew that they, they, they were going to uh, cheat in those states. Hmm. But the sad thing is that you have, you have no stomach in the Supreme Court or the Congress to fight the crooks. And, Mark, we're in a position right now where only God can intervene, intervene and we must continue to pray that God has mercy, mercy on our country. Uh, God said that he would bless those who bless Israel, and for sure this president has been a friend to Israel. So we can only rely on God and trust in God, and that's all we have left is to, is, is to trust in God at this point, Mark. God bless you for everything that you do. And free will. And free will. We trust in God, and we and God expects us to do what we need to do. Right? All right. Who's next, Mr. Producer? I lost my phone uh, my phone chart, my own doing here. XM Satellite, Mark in Florida. Go right ahead, sir. Hey, Mark. Uh, I just, first of all, I want to thank you for everything that you do. I mean, I grew up listening to Rush Limbaugh, and I've done the last Me 15 too. years of my 35, my 35-year career in the Navy um, listening to you when I was introduced to you 15 years ago. Thank and you. You're every bit as good as Rush Limbaugh, but no. you also bring the constitutional um, teaching as well as your experience with, uh, with the Justice Department to the table. So for those that are maybe not quite as constitutional as those of uh, the rest of us, they at least have to give you credit for everything that you, you know, and they fear you. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Um, well, thank you. That being said, I think that there's things that we can do still. I uh, called both my senators, Richard Burr and Tom Tillis, uh, today. I didn't reach out to Alma Adams because I don't think I'd have a chance to, to get her to listen to me. But I said to, <clears throat> to both of the other senators in my state, which I'm not in because I'm in Florida, deployed right now to, to active duty here, um, <clears throat> the bottom line is I said, look, guys, I, I've supported you every time you've been running. But – if you don't stand up and you took the same oath that I've done for 35 years, which is to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, we face a lot of lead poisoning for the Constitution. All they have to do is stand up for the Constitution and try and educate the people like you do. And that, so I did. I told them, look, if you don't do this, then I'm going to do everything in my power to help you get primaried in the next session. And I think every single one of the people in your audience should figure out what time zone they are. And if they're in California, they should call at four in the morning or five in the morning out to their senator, and they should deluge them with the same threat that we are going to primary you, because that's the only way they'll listen. Is that, And that's the only way that these people are going to get... I think we just have the- to do it. I think we just have to do it and punish them, as we did in the Tea Party movement, which drove them nuts. And I want to thank you for your service, my friend, and God bless you. Who's next, Mr. Producer? Rob in Washington, D.C., on the great WMAL. How are you? Is it Rob or Robert? Mark. Okay. Whomever you are, you're next. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for taking my call. I've got a, a question as to how this scenario might work out. The first part is the uh, the, the Senate is going to put in for a request to sort of have a uh, group set up to study what was going on for 10 days and then come back and report on it. I think the Senate will approve it. However, the, the House... No, they won't. These oh, you don't think so? Nope. Not what I'm seeing right now. Not going to well, mislead you. They're not. I guess the question I've got, that's the good comments. Anyways, I would think that the, the Senate would approve 
uh, that they didn't approve, didn't like the votes. And however, the House would disapprove whatever the Senate had, so there'd be a disagreement between the two houses, so they wouldn't agree. And in that case, the Electoral Count Act, I think that gets uh, implemented. And if it does, this comes to my next couple of questions. The first question is, uh, does the governor become the tiebreaker? That's the first question. And the second question All right, thanks for your call. You're going way off. Way, way off in another Neverland. What does the governor have to do with anything? The governor? I'm not even following it. I'll be right back. Mark AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. couple other things I've been wanting to get to unrelated to elections and so forth, but related to governance. This coronavirus has brought forth a new fascism and totalitarianism among governors and states that were always sort of in that mindset anyway, but felt controlled, that is, felt that they couldn't go there. But this coronavirus, they've used as a fig leaf, and they're there. And they're there big time. And among the worst, of course, we know about New York and Illinois. We know about Michigan and New Jersey. We know about California and others. But I think Cuomo's at the top as the bloodiest governor who's done the most damage to the people he's supposed to represent of any governor in the country. I think Newsom's a close second. Whitmer's a close second. But this is in the Federalist. The New York Assembly is considering a bill that would allow government officials, such as Cuomo and health commissioners, to, quote, detain or remove, unquote, individuals that they deem a risk to public health. The first bill, introduced by Democrat New York State Assemblyman N. Nick Perry, grants power to Cuomo and state health officials to forcibly confine any individual who's considered a danger due to a contagious disease or a suspected case of that disease to either a medical facility or another type of space appointed by the governor. This is Stalinism. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. The bill states the governor or his or her delegee may, in his or her discretion, issue and seek enforcement of any other orders that he or she determines are necessary or appropriate 
to prevent dissemination or transmission of contagious diseases or other illnesses that may pose a threat to the public health. You know, they talk about Trump. Trump's a threat. Trump's a dictator. Here's the threat. Here's the dictator. Now, this legislation does not name COVID specifically. Instead, it claims that in addition to being detained, individuals who are exposed or infected by a communicable disease resulting in severe morbidity or high mortality may also be subjected to tests, medical exams, treatment, preventative medication, and vaccination by the state while being held. I'm speechless anymore. I I don't even know what to say anymore. I don't even know what to say. And we used to have a media in this country that would put a focus on somebody like this and condemn them, but not anymore. Then there's this from the Washington Examiner. Economists projected that excess deaths resulting from the economic strain of the pandemic will amount amount to 900,000 over the next 15 years. We find the increases in unemployment are followed by statistically significant increases in death rates and declines in life expectancy, concluded researchers in a new paper circulated Monday by the National Bureau of Economic Research. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Our children will have and have already regressed when it comes to socialization and education, thanks to the teachers' unions and the Democrat governors. And our general population. What you're going to find at some point, maybe a year, two, five years down the road, that rather than A nation where we have longevity when it comes to life, you're going to see us regress in that respect too. Because it's not the president's handling of this virus that has caused this. It's the Democrat Party. It's Fauci. It's the Washington bureaucrats. It's their media. They have caused this situation. They have caused this situation. The researchers who are economists at Harvard, Duke, and Johns Hopkins projected that the jump in unemployment during the pandemic will lead to roughly 890,000 to 1.37 million excess deaths over the next 15 to 20 years, respectively. Now, you see, this isn't Fauci's area. He's an infectious disease guy. So he runs around like Caesar telling everybody what they have to do without any consideration, background, experience, or expertise in these other areas. He's an infectious disease guy. That's it. They added that black people will see the worst of the economic fallout with a disproportionately higher mortality rate and the sharpest decrease in life expectancy 15 years from now. What did I just say? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see how these things go in Georgia. I have no idea. I don't need to predict. We'll see you probably tomorrow. All right, keep your chin up and I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.